0: Welcome
1: to the Festival of Inclusion. Hello and thank you for joining us uh, on one of the five podcasts we are releasing this week on our ELHD audio channel as we celebrate our Festival of Inclusion 2022. I'm Javad Hussain, I'm a Medical Director at East Lanks. Uh, just to give you uh, an idea of what medical director does. um, To start with, I'm a doctor and urologist by trade. Um, In simple terms, I call myself as a human plumber. That's what the job is. However, in my leadership role, uh, it is about the management of professional issues which are associated with medical workforce and the service provided by the doctors. Now, coming back to our podcast, it is about the population of East Langs, which is very diverse. And here we make sure that our community and colleagues, no matter who they are, what they believe, or what their faith is, are included and respected. And that goes with the trust values and behaviours, which you you you, you can very easily access and see on our website. So the festival this year, which is about inclusion, is addressing a wide range of topics and in-person events and activities that celebrate everything that is different and unique, our cultures and everything, in fact, that we have in common. So I'm really pleased uh, to be joined uh, on this podcast by members of our Muslim Employee Staff Network, who work extremely hard to ensure our Muslim colleagues and community feel included in everything we do here at East Lanks, and that their beliefs are treated with dignity and respect. So I'm going to have a chat with them to find out what the network aims are, what we can do as a trust to better the experience for our patients, and colleagues from Muslim faith, and also how we can work harder to better represent the population that we serve. So to start with, I'm going to let them introduce themselves and explain the role that they have at East Langs. So Farida.
2: Hello, I'm Farida Dowd. I'm the orthotics and dietetics admin lead for Therapy Services. I've been with the Trust now almost 10 years. Started off with in-banking, and e-rostering and then HR. Um, my role at the moment is, is a very busy one, uh, dealing with the referral to book process and all the admin processes that go around um, patients booking patients into orthotics and dietetics. Our pressures at the moment, like any other service, are our waiting lists which we're working really, really hard to bring down. I am also the chair of the Muslim Muslim Employee Network Group and I felt a need for this Employee Network Group from conversations I've had with colleagues over the past so many years. Colleagues feeling they didn't have a safe platform where they felt they were heard. uh, Colleagues feeling that they weren't getting the progression. I had a conversation with Nizia and we felt that it might be really good to have this. We put some feelers out and people felt that, yes, there was a need for a Muslim network group. We have quite a few members and they're growing. We meet um, quarterly and we have quite a few things on the agenda uh, uh, and the the group is growing.
1: Okay, so so that's good to hear. Uh, To start with, uh, you've been here in this organisation for a decade, uh, and you must have seen changes, both good and at times not so good, that has happened. And I, and I think, I, and I'll come back to you again to talk about, again, the specific aims you felt that this network needs. So again, just keeping to the introduction, I want to bring Danny in, and then I'll come back to you, and then I'll go to Fuzzle. Uh, in regards to certain specific questions that uh, I have for him and his views. So, Danny.
0: Hi, all right. Um, thank you, Dr. Joad. Um, I'm Danny Anwar. I'm based at uh, Royal Blackburn Hospital and I've been here for the last uh, six months, come six months in a few days. I've previously been at different trusts back in Manchester. Part of my role in communications is I help with videos, photography, social media as well. Um, so, different tasks and responsibilities are part of my role. You know, I'm glad that I'm here today because previously, I you know, back at my old trust in Manchester, I was um, part of the BAME staff, staff network there. And previously, whilst at university, I was part of the Islamic Society there. So, um, you know, I'm quite passionate about these kind of things. So
1: welcome, Danny, and I think it would be very useful to hear from you, especially as you've come in recently and you're, the, there definitely are differences in organisations and what we would value is to hear from you. Of how things are different here, if they are better, and if they are not, then what we as a trust should do to, to help improve the, the thing that we are taking forward in representation of Muslim community and looking after them and, and all that. So coming back to you, um Farida, you, you mentioned a bit of a background of why you felt that a Muslim Employee Staff Network was needed and that has been. So just tell us a bit more about it. How long has it been and how you have gone about with the membership and what the aims are and what things have been delivered?
2: The Muslim Network Group's been going for, I think it was around about February, March. We we started off, so it's not been going that long, really. Um, Our aims and objectives were um, to provide an an active representation for our Muslim staff to be a voice, a a collective voice, so that we can ensure change happens to ensure and and to try and get senior staff members on board so that we know that we've got a voice and we've got somebody who can help us make the change that we need to happen. Um, it It was to help Muslim staff with their professional development as well. Obviously that was one of the things that was coming uh, coming across from quite a lot of the staff that when it came to development, they were they were they weren't picked for uh, progression. When they'd asked for things within the PDRs, they, they wasn't happening. So we we needed we felt we needed to address that. And that's something that we need, we want, really want to do. The other reason for setting up the network group was to promote awareness of the Islamic faith and practices itself. One of the big concerns for our network group was things like Ramadan prayer time um, having time off being able to go uh, for the prayers on time obviously we understand that we are a 24/7 service and um, you know it's really difficult if you're clinical to go for prayer times at certain times and we we're looking at different ways especially with pharmacy we've done some work where they're looking at rotors for when Eid falls because obviously not everybody can be at have Eid off, uh, and they've done quite, a, uh, and it's about awareness of why people would want the holidays off. They've they've done a massive piece of work, which has helped Muslim staff that, that work within their teams. Uh, it was not just we we felt that we needed to help the community around us as well. So uh, certainly around the maternity services and looking at the data that's that's come out about Muslim women not feeling that they, they were being treated fairly. So we're doing a lot of work with the maternity services to make sure that there's awareness, make sure that, the, that there's fairness across the board for all, all patients, regardless of faith, regardless of uh, whatever their views may be. Uh, we, I know uh, Fuzzle and our pharmacy team are doing a massive piece of work to look at halal alternatives for medication. That's that's a big project that we're working on. We're trying to involve our community pharmacists in that project because at the end of the day, we we work for the community as well. So hopefully we can get them on board and we can get some some work, uh, some movement with that. The other project we're working on is our Halal halal food options. This um, or what is classed as halal, so we need we've we've worked with catering to try and find some halal alternative options because there's a lot of staff that don't buy what's classed as halal because we're not sure that it is halal. So I think that's really important that we provide food um, that's appropriate for the for the staff as well as the patients, and that awareness is there for people to make their own choices as to what they want. So at least they can make that informed choice depending on what their views are on halal.
1: Thank you. I, I think it's uh, it's a number of aspects of day-to-day life you have mentioned, which goes in with uh, how Muslims work, whether it's the provision of the halal food to the aspects of cele- certain religious celebration. And I think the message I hear is the need for spreading or doing the education. Because what at times happens in situations is if colleagues around us don't know what it is, they won't be able to then help facilitate the Muslim community in in doing what you've you've mentioned. So I think awareness of the faith, as you mentioned, is the important thing and then what goes with it. And I think one of the things which uh, COVID has taught us is about Agile working and that I think will help facilitate the delivery of service because we are all signed up here as individuals in NHS to provide the best top quality care for our patients. How we do it is the responsibility of the organisation to help each employee deliver. I think at this stage, I'll bring in Fuzzle, um, who's our imam, but I'll let him introduce himself. And Fuzzle, first of all, just tell us a bit about yourself, please.
3: Um, so lovely to, uh, to be here with you on the podcast. Um, I am the only um, Muslim full-time chaplain uh for elht i cover all the hospitals within elht and primarily um, i mean my role is to provide pastoral spiritual religious and emotional support uh, not just to patients but staff as well Um, and this is done through one-to-one prayers collective prayers bedside prayers it's done through counseling be spiritual or islamic Uh, It's done through support for end of life, pre-death, post-death and the spiritual support is also demonstrated through physically and tangibly by presenting our patients and offering them a spiritual care pack. Uh, that contains traditional items of healing, um, such as you know, um, well, rosary beads, prayer book, uh, holy water, etc., as well as the 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 uh, the soothing Quran cube. So these are kind of the physical um, uh, way of providing uh, support to our uh, patients. As far as staff is concerned, my role um, in supporting staff. Uh, has developed considerably post-Covid. Uh, I've had to deal with uh, a lot of issues dealing with staff emotional well-being, uh, but also I think I've also kind of see myself evolving as a voice to advocate for our staff in issues that are affecting their role in ELHT particularly when there's a clash between their culture, their faith, beliefs and their roles within the trust.
1: Over the years uh, things have evolved and as an organisation we we do need to move with the times where respect, dignity to all faith, cultures and individuals are provided and as a festival of inclusion we are focusing on the Muslim uh, community within the organization, both as patients and uh, and colleagues. So so please feel free to talk a bit more about what you do mm. and again how you see things changing and, and the sort of support required.
3: Yeah, so uh, thank you for that, joy I mean, you're right, being the only Muslim chaplain, it can be a bit challenging at times, in the sense that uh, being alone impacts on the number of limited number of patients I can actually physically visit Uh, let me give you an example Uh, in 2020 2021 uh, our records showed that there were a total of 13,444 number of admission Muslim admissions uh, people who identified themselves as Islam or Muslims um, so that is a, a, a large number of patients coming into our care. That said, because there are other areas of work that needs to be developed, such as end-of-life care, such as training, education, which you alluded to earlier as I, as I joined in the, the podcast, uh, that is very important, uh, is to, to, to continuously update our staff on cultural and religious issues so that they are aware of the um, needs and requirements of both muslim patients and staff Um, and so because the areas that need to be developed also require time um, sadly i can only attend patients who call me out when they are serious or when they are distressed or when there's something that needs to be dealt with in terms of spiritual or religious support my role is slightly slightly differs in the sense from the mainstream chaplain within the hospital and that's purely because of the fact that I'm from a Muslim faith and let me explain to you what I mean by that um, I have been asked to intervene uh, by staff. Uh, in order to mediate between them and their managers to be able to explain to them why it's important for the staff to be able to attend uh, the prayer room to offer their obligatory prayers or when there are issues with regards to not being able to come for Friday prayers, for example, so I offer that support to managers to explain to them about the timings and how they could fit that break within the day to fit in with the prayers, for example. Um, so. That, that's just one area. I mean, another, another area of my role that may be slightly different is that I naturally tend to move over beyond the hospital into the community um, to give that support. An example of that is when dealing with patients that are uh, uh, kind of end of life, uh, the support that the families require here in the hospital pre-death, but also post-death. Uh, As Muslim chaplains, there's an added expectation uh, on us to do more by our own community. When Asian Muslim staff come for some kind of counselling, one of the things they've raised with us is they felt guilty during the COVID period, and even now that they were letting their own community down by not doing enough. Because there's an added pressure from the community to do something, that they're going to be happy with Uh, and that that is also that resonates with me as the Muslim staff that was that kind of that grew up in Blackburn and everybody knows me um so yeah so my my kind of role extends into the community and uh and the good thing is that I'm I'm always available I'm always on call people know where I am staff come to see me um and, and as I said to you earlier um staff come to us because they know we're not their managers, we're not their supervisors they can confide in us in something that they may not necessarily tell their managers for the fear of reprisals.
1: Yeah that that is, thank you and again we appreciate the work you've done because we've seen during the Covid time and after that you have single-handedly worked long hours to help support the patient, their families and our local staff. So big thank you for that. And again, the trust is very much committed in increasing the Muslim chaplaincy uh, numbers so as to deal with the increasing demand. So uh, I can say with some confidence that uh, the processes are ongoing in our investment as a trust. Uh, for for the Muslim chaplaincy service. Coming to you Danny, in particular, uh, again as I said you are the newest member of our staff, is there anything the Trust can do better to represent the population that we serve? What things in this six-month period you have seen we can do better and differently?
0: Yeah so um... Personally, um, one thing that I wish I'd, I noticed more um, was because, our communication, I get out, out and about quite often, up and down the hospital, various different hospitals. Um, I've not seen it personally yet, but just some, maybe make more visible signage um, that there is a prayer room and like whereabouts it is. That's just personally I, I've not I've not seen one um, yet. Certain shopping centres or when you go out and about, there might be on the airport. Perhaps you'll say toilet. Um, prayer room, but I've not noticed um, it here. So maybe if I'm missing it. You could let me know. But um, that's just one thing. But apart from that, it's been it's been pretty um, pretty good. My experience here as a Muslim.
1: So anything, Farida, that you would suggest of what we can do better, and uh, and represent the represent the population we serve. So sort of same question because you are the the longest member of staff. Uh,
2: I think we we're getting there but not quick enough and as you, as we said previously to the podcast things don't happen quickly in the nhs to see more people of color of muslim religion in the in the um senior positions to see people that you can relate to around uh, i know there's lots of you know we see lots of muslim nurses we see lots of doctors but even other staff I think for me, it'd be um, certainly for the staff to have people in senior management that are Muslims that they can relate to. I know there are a few, but for me, there's not enough. It's about having people of our religion for me as a Muslim who can represent us, who can take our concerns and understand those concerns and hopefully make things better.
3: I think one of the things that I've seen that can be improved within our own trust, coming from a background where I have uh, a wealth of community engagement experience is we do in a in a way lack effective community engagement strategy. Uh, uh, and and I know from my experience there are far too many benefits that we're missing out on. It helps us to understand our community needs, thereby helping us to deliver better improved outcomes. It helps the community have a better feel of who we are and what we do and the challenges we face, particularly at the end of life or something like that, or visiting patients. And it just generally increases transparency and builds trust. And and I think that's an area as a trust we need to build on. I think we're doing it I think we should increase that and I know things have changed due to COVID in terms of how much engagement we could do inside our hospitals. Uh, I mean I can tell you uh, pre COVID I used to facilitate so many school visits and uh, children from madrasa used to come and give gifts and have that interaction uh, and and for them to have a feel of what we like as a trust and as a hospital and uh, just like one of my colleagues mentioned yesterday that we feel that there's a danger that as a result of COVID, that we will remain to be a closed
1: shop, which will only seek to distances from our community. Just before we bring it to an end, and I'll wrap up with certain relevant points, because these are important. One point from each of you to say, what do we do well? So Farida, then Danny, and then Fuzzle. What do we do well? What are we proud of?
2: I think- we're proud of how we all come together. And I think COVID was, was the best example of that. I mean, Muslim staff, Bain staff, we were very much at, more at risk, but yet we still showed that we can work to get well together. I think that for us was a brilliant thing. And as a trust, we always do any, whether it be a cyber attack, whether it be, whether it be the pandemic, we always rally around. And I think that's that's a great thing about this trust.
0: I've got to say one thing we do quite well is definitely the uh, the catering and <laughs> I, I'm I'm sorry guys that the food here how easy it is to get halal food you won't believe someone from coming outside of East Lancashire right it's the and, and the different trusts I worked at it wasn't easy you know to get halal food so naturally you know without without any effort it's effort, effortless here my lunch always you know straight to the canteen uh, my, my, my family's group chats full of pictures of the food I'm eating every day you know, it's 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 brilliant. Uh, I've got to say that inclusive, that makes me feel inclusive. The halal food, everyone's education that they know it's halal. You know that the catering staff are well educated. They, they they tell me what it is, what it includes, and what it doesn't. Um, so yeah, I think kudos to everyone in catering and management for um, making it so easy.
1: No, that that that's definitely a plus point. And I must say, although there are very few days that my wife let me slip not taking her home-packed lunch to work, so I do go to canteen and go for halal food. Otherwise, it's the it's the food made by my wife. And I, you know, I can't, I can't not say I'm not taking it, Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a excellent quality and a variety. Yes, and I I can kind of
3: uh, concur with um what was said earlier about the food because I just like my fish and chips on Friday I can't do without it and when I do when I do miss out it kind of spoils the rest of my Friday afternoon (laughs) 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 Uh, but coming on to a more serious point really uh, I've been here for some time now and one of the things that I have noticed that this trust does well is that when we raise something it's done it's done uh, in the sense that I mean, I know uh, for some time now uh, we've, we've, we've been working on this um, whole, whole area of how do we work with um, the different parts of a department at the time of death uh, with the medical examiners and with the general general office staff and the registrars, etc. And we have come along significantly in terms of how quickly we work out what to do, when to do and how to expedite the release of a loved one from the hospital. And I know that because I've been I've been here some time and I know how difficult it was earlier and how we've kind of streamlined things, all due to COVID perhaps, but even now, I mean, I can see that uh, within 24 hours, more often than not, we are able to to provide that service where somebody's loved relative uh, has been taken care of and released from our hospital and buried that same day. Um,
1: So I mean that's something to be proud about. Yeah no, that's great And, and I think that very nicely brings in the fact that we are a ELHD family and family looks after each other again as I said irrespective of our colour, creed, religion, race, gender, it is a ELHD family but also recognising that they are different members of the family and they have different needs and however we fit in as a jigsaw. So just to conclude, uh, it's an excellent debate. I think at times there are things which should be said and need to be heard. And that's what what I would sort of suggest is that the points I'm taking away is, one is about the communication and in communication, it is about that education of colleagues around us about who Muslims are, what their festivals, needs, elements are, which we need to be cognizant of in when we are working. But it's also in regards to providing that support. So what, what, what Farida mentioned about is that progression of career, how we provide that peer support for colleagues who may need a bit of a help to ascend that ladder. Uh, and that's important for everybody. But as we are talking about Muslim community here, how we can set up something which will give them the the support that they require to progress in there. But I'm also conscious of what you've mentioned about COVID. COVID, unfortunately, has created a different mindset in the world, actually. People have closed up because of the fear and the two years of what has happened. And it is time to open up. And if there were forums that where members of the ELHT would go out into the community and link up, whether it's schools, whether and, you know, we've done some sessions, I think last year and the year before, we engaged with the Muslim community about vaccination, about those certain fears people were having that if a loved one would be admitted to the hospital, they were put in if they were put in intensive care they were definitely going to die well we've broken that myth saying no that's not the case it was it is about what was being done right for the patient so i think it's time to open up those channels myself and others will be very happy to through your leadership go into and um, work with the community so a great engagement event today we've had, I'm sure we can take forward from it a number of actions that we have picked up uh, and carry on engaging and be inclusive with all Muslim community that we serve and also the ones who are part of our ELHD family. So thank you to all of you who have been listening to this podcast. Uh, I would very much encourage the listeners to check out our other post podcast from this week on ELHT audio and that can be found by searching the ELHT audio on your phone on, or on your smart speaker. Thanks again. Uh, look after yourself and your loved ones. Goodbye.